Saturday afternoon, St. Louis, Missouri, Indianapolis, Indiana, Equal Kansas, Vicksburg, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Memphis, Tennessee, Baltimore, Maryland, Nashville, Tennessee, New York, New York, Detroit, Michigan, Hampton, Virginia, New Jersey, Chicago, Illinois, and Kansas, Missouri, home of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City. Welcome to lunch with the Missouri Team of Commerce for April the 15th. 2023. My name is Alan Folks, your host and creator of the other Alan Louds. How you doing, that real? Bad. And how's the family doing, brother? Bad. That's a good thing on a beautiful day at Brother Scott. How you doing today? I'm once again too blessed to be distressed. And I know why you're sitting you got your you got your bike well, your your your, your transportation back last I night. I did get going? my transportation back and I am blessed for that, you betcha. Okay, and also the wife is getting close to their graduation time. Well, she's only within uh, three weeks. So. Yeah, unfortunately, we've counted, we've counted a long time. We've counted months, and now we're down to weeks, okay? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that's all, all a good thing here. And also, we, we, we joined by Chuck DeMoto the later on the program. And we are broadcasting live on Ferguson, USA, HotTalkRadio.com, from beautiful North County. In, uh, with the terrorists in North St. Louis City, the Reverend Allen Lyle, and from Honor, Missouri. Thank you for allowing the Missouri Team of Comrades to be a part of your weekend for all for eight years now. And we just thank you for letting us be a part on Figures in USA, Autogio.com. And right now, we're going to have prayer with Allen Lyle, who's the pastor of the Walnut Swamp. That's how she's located at 547 Avenue, that's in North St. Louis. Six feet one two oh as that one no problem one that's one about temperature just know the L allows and he would be uh that's located at fifty five what is that one avenue that's in North St. Louis at six three one two oh the next one you can will be that on the other not allow L Al allows with the path for one up one. About temperature is located at fifty five. What is that one under that avenue? Real how are you doing today, sir? Bye. Just here. Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, continue to thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for a wonderful gospel, how that Christ died for our sin, was buried, and rose again. By continue believing to the saving of the soul, continue to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. Heavenly Father, I you bless the sick all over the universe. You know what to do. And Heavenly Father, God said we might have a wonderful fellowship with you today in your most darling son. Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Thank you, real. Thank you, real. Thank you, sir. So what do you got for us this week, sir? Uh, I'm going to another, I'm going to just go to another lesson about uh, faith. I'm going to talk on faith today. Okay. That real destiny, we all need is faith. So I, I, I analyzed the, the word faith. I said the F means father. Who is the father of faith but Jesus Christ and God? <laughs> mm-hmm. The A, that he's able. Mm-hmm. The A, for he's infinite. Mm-hmm. The T, for trust. And the H, mm-hmm. for heavenly. Mm-hmm. And there you is. And that's what you got to keep in memory at all times is faith. 
And that's his death, burial, resurrection. Now the word faith is a is allegiance to duty or a person, a loyalty, a fidelity to one's promises, sincerity of intentions, belief and trust in and loyal to God, belief in the traditional doctrine of a religion, firm belief in something that is believed with strong conviction, a system of religious beliefs, belief in faith without doubt or question, verily, verily, and truth, and certainly true, confidentially. Let's look at John, the sixth chapter of John. Go to the sixth chapter of John. Mm-hmm. The sixth chapter? Yes, sir. And it's uh it's seventy-one verses in here. <laughs> the whole the whole chapter is, is what you can read. Y'all can read all your time. But I'm only just gonna skip around and read certain uh certain meanings in the word. Okay. John one and John the sixth chapter in verse one. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up in a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. So I'm going I'm to stop, stop with that right there. And uh, I'm going to go over here to verse uh, 32. Verse 32 said, verily, verily. Remember, we're talking about faith now. Mm-hmm. It, it said, verily, verily. I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gave you the true bread from heaven. And that true bread that it's talking about right here, it's talking about Jesus Christ is the true bread that came down from heaven. Not the bread that they that they was eating in the wilderness, that the Israelites were eating in the wilderness when they broke bread and God uh, gave it to them. Uh, uh, he fed them every day with the bread of life. That way, the bread really is talking about Jesus Christ. Just like the day, this day and time, we have to believe the gospel by faith because uh, we we haven't seen nothing. That's why we have to believe. So seeing is not faith, but you believe by faith. Yes, sir. And he goes to say, for the bread of God is he which come down from heaven and give life unto the world. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> the Israelites, they, they were blessed. They were chosen by God. Mm-hmm. And they were Jehovah. The Israelites is Jehovah's wife. Most people don't know that God had a wife. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's who the Israelites is. That's why they was chosen. And they said, then they say unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that come to me should never hunger. And he that believeth on me should never thirst. But I say unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father give me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven and not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the will of which had sent me, that all which he had given me, I should lose nothing. But you raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life and will raise him up at the last days. See, it's, it's, it's all about faith is believing in Jesus Christ. If you don't have faith, you're dead. You can't do nothing if you don't have no kind of faith. You can't do nothing. But with yes, faith in Christ Jesus, you can do all things in Christ who strengthen you. Okay, I'm going to drop down here to 44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. See, this right here is telling you that you don't get saved on your own. You get saved by believing the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then the Holy Spirit convicts your spirit to let you know that you're saved and you believe it. So it's God saving you, not you saving yourself. It is written in the prophets, and they should be all taught to God, every man, therefore that had heard and had learned of the Father coming unto me. Not that any man had seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he should live forever. And the bread of that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus here talking about when we believe the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are we are moved into another perspective of what's going on in the world. The, the Spirit of God moves us into the body of Christ before anything. Just like that's why you have to believe the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ before you go down in the war. Most mm -hmm. people believe after they go in the water. They think the water say water don't even wash away blood. The water can't save. 
but the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is what saves you. Amen. And it's going to say, the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? See, they foolish. They acting foolish right there, you know, asking the question. Just shut up and listen. But the first thing you have to do in your beginning with God is to fear of wisdom and knowledge. So you have to listen before you can understand and get the meaning of what's going on. You have to listen and hear that he convicts your spirit when he see that you are accepting what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. And he right. But when you come in the world, you dead and trespasses and sin. That's why you have to believe Christ died for your sin, was buried and rose again. Then you pass from death unto life before you sleep and after you sleep. Whosoever eating my flesh and drinking my blood had eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drinking thee. He that eateth my flesh and drinking my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he should live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eats on this bread should live forever. It is, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profit nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. Right now, while I'm reading this, it's the same thing right now all over this universe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. I don't have that insight like God, Jesus have. But I know if you believe the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, you go to heaven. I'm going to guarantee you go to heaven that you can say another word coming out your mouth, but you don't know if that's going to happen. Amen to that. <laughs> And he said, therefore, said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. And I'm going to stop at this last verse, 70. Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12, and one of you is a devil. See, you know, one of them was a devil. There's always a devil around you people out here. The devil always around looking to start chaos to keep the things of God from going smooth. But he can't do it. It's impossible for him to uh, stop God's pride because he's defeated. And he's been defeated over 2,023 years ago. That's why you believe the death, burial, resurrection today. You saved forever, and you could never be lost. 
And thank no. God for that in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So you know, real one of the things that 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 uh, that, that, that yes, said there, and, uh, and people should understand that every day, you know, from the days that when they were in the wilderness, they had faith that they would have food the next day. They went to bed at night. They didn't have no doubt that God was gonna put something in front of their house or their tent the next day for them to eat. They had no doubt they didn't have no water to drink to water to wash it down. <laughs> you know, and, and the other part about that was okay that uh, that that the weather was uh, you know nice. They didn't have no snow, snow and all that other stuff. After dealing with, you know, uh, you know as a matter of fact, you know, people not aware of it, but in, in the Bible, rain the rain was something new to those people. And, and when it came down, you know, with Noah, cause it, it, it didn't get rain every day. You know, that wasn't something that 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 was that something it was that was common to people back in those days. You know, you know the, the range out. So. Well, what I like about it, God, uh, He never left them either. Just like He didn't never leave you nor forsake you. He didn't mm-hmm. ever leave the Israelite. They left Him. He didn't leave them. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's, and it's, 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 in sin. And then when you're in sin, your mind is blind to the truth of God. When you're in sin. Transpasses and sin, you blind to the mind and and ability what God has given you, and you ain't got enough sense to even realize because you are depending on the fleshly mind, which is enmity against God. Yeah, yeah, well, that that thing they know called common sense, okay, that sometimes, you know, they use the word common, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it he didn't, he didn't hear about it equally, but but again, he, he said that you know uh, everybody got food. He said the rich got food, the poor got food. Everybody got food every morning. Yes, sir. You know, and and, and you just said, Rev, you know, the Israelites were yeah, naked. Maybe even to today, okay. <laughs> yeah, they hard headed. Everybody in today is stiff naked, hard headed, because they wasn't. They need to be born again. That's what. That's why the gospel must be preached. So to get these people saved before it's ever too late. Yeah. That's yeah, why you got to keep remembrance. Keep in remembrance what I preach unto you unless you have believed in vain. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Keep that in remembrance, folks. All over the universe, keep that in remembrance. That's what's going to get you to heaven. Heaven yeah. is my home. Yeah, and you got to have faith that you're going to get there. You know what I mean? You can't go through life and, oh, I'm going to make it. I might make it. Yes, and I'm going to be there. But I can tell them, uh, I'm already seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus because I know it is true, and that's what the Word said, and I believe the Word. <laughs> yeah, and it's really to get me some that. That's important for us. Yes, sir. That is important for Well, anyway, that's uh, our elder. But I call him that. That's God allows the water for Bible chapter church. That's in North St. Louis. It's a zip code. And also, we want to thank you for those beautiful words about faith. One of the things that we all we all need faith. Matter of fact, when I broke my neck real years ago, I had faith, okay, that I was going to be okay. Amen. I mean, 
and, and no doubt that I'm going to be okay. I hear you say, oh, Lord, am I going to make it? I said, I'm going to be okay. Anyway, you listen to Fragrance at USA, HotTalio.com. Uh, we love celebrating that February into our eighth year uh, on a Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. And we want to thank Scott, our group engineer, and his family. And also, we want to thank all you who joined us. Yeah, that's Fragrance at USA, HotTalio.com. Life's good. That's got to get out of here. Okay, the NBA, 
NBA playoffs starts this weekend. And, you know, and also we just finished up with the NCAA basketball tournament. And the most changing thing with Dominic about most have a black, a black uh, young black man, okay? And so also, uh, also the same thing in, in basketball for the young girls, young ladies. Get back, you know, they should get to all that respect. But also, we you know, just things that Rob's in his family and get a, a, a dreamer, a man with faith, that he could do it and he did it. And that should be a lesson to all of us. Put your mind to it. But also, you know, he has to okay, well, train, 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 and you prepare. One of the things in my life is, uh, yeah, they have faith, okay, but also you got to prepare yourself. And believe every day, okay, that you're gonna accomplish what you set out to get done. You know, that's a very important thing about about where you're gonna do. You gotta say, I can do it. And you gotta have faith in yourself. And God, you know, you know, he always say, if you take the first step, okay, like you with Peter, may walk on water, you know, Peter was doing good, okay, to Peter lost track. <laughs> he looked around and guess what? He went down. But anyway, that's how right now thank you one for something that's for your weekend. God, this has been a crazy, you know, every week, you know, when I do the show the night before, I think about this, it's been a crazy, this past week has been one of those weeks, okay, that so much has gone on that it's just unbelievable. It all took place in one week, and we just back on the week right now. In this past week, one of the hot spots in our country was in Nashville, Tennessee. But for you people not aware, you may have forgotten was so bad. Uh, a couple weeks ago, down in, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, a private school called Covenant School, where there were three young girls who were killed. By the way, uh, in this Nashville, it was a, it was a white school, private school. And in that school, uh, you know, a young lady came in with a weapon of the strength of I call them, you know, you call them, whatever you want to call them, whatever, but a uh, high power rifle. And she came in, uh, and also she was a former student of the school. But she came in, and what she did, she kind of came in and said she did what killed the superintendent of the principal of the school. Then she killed, you know, uh, uh, three young people at the age of nine. What bothers me here that they have bothered nobody, nobody. So anyway, that's just the state is okay. So Nashville also is, is the capital of Tennessee. And so there in our story goes, they had demonstration. And in then you had uh, 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 two young black men, you know, a young black man, I think very young. And you also had, had one white lady you know, who's, uh, who uh, led the protest at the state capitol, you know, which was dissolved. And uh, by the way, most of the names of these kids that were protesting, they weren't just kids, you know, they were known as white kids, okay, they were protesting there. And so these three people, okay, became what the Nashville three, but while there, uh, the city, the state council, uh, state uh, board of uh, uh, house representatives, and uh, decided uh, they were unhappy that they were protesting inside the chamber. Well, that's it. you can understand, but you can't understand it. But they were not in session when all it took place. So, but it was so. But anyway, what happened here is they decided that they were gonna uh, make them pay. Uh, uh, you know, that's you know, for something that something they, they didn't agree with. And in this, in this, in this body, the house representative, every state has house representatives. And you'll say, wherever you are, you have a house representative. You no, know, and also you have a state still also. But in this case, 
I'm sure it's in in Texas is a Republican proof. Matter of fact, uh, it's a veto proof. They have a majority uh, of all the seats in the chamber. And that means that they control whatever they want to do. That's what they do. And so in this case, uh, the uh, House of Representatives uh, decided that he wanted to expel these three individuals. You know, from, you know, from leading the protest, which is surely inside the uh, inside the, the chamber. And so what happened here is that they decided they were going to have a vote. And they were going to, you know, vote them to say it, vote to put them out. But as life would happen, uh, the, the first gentleman, Mr. Jones, uh, from Nashville, uh, he was expelled, a gang, what you want to call it, a kick out, what you want to call it. And then also, the next vote was for the uh, gentleman, it was also from Memphis, Tennessee, which is another black, you know, national of black voters, the Democrats. And so they voted to kick him out. Then it came time for the Bush the white young lady out. And they had, in the, in the South of them, they had 75, you know, 75 Democrats, Republicans, I'm sorry, 75 Republicans. And you only had uh, 24 blacks. So they had 99 suits in the, in, the, in, the, in the whole body there. And so uh, it turned out, uh, only 74 uh, Republicans voted to have her expelled. And so one, 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 one person didn't know, didn't, know, didn't know who it was. He or she voted, okay, not to expel the white lady. But what happened here, that means you got all, that two black young men, by the way, who had, who had just been seated in, in the House of, of Representatives there. I mean, just got elected, I should say, to the body. And they already been expelled. Well, uh, unfortunately, this was all on national TV. I mean, it was all on national TV. And so that this is on a Thursday. This all took place. Well, uh, uh, that, uh, well, uh, it turned out that, and, and with the laws in the city, uh, in Tennessee, that each city, of where you come from, your district you're in, that then uh, they have to vote on your replacement. Well, as life would have us, in all, in both cases, the House of Representatives, the City Council, and uh, uh, Nashville decided to, to uh, renominate Mr. Um, Justin Jones. So uh, on a unanimous vote, okay, he was voted back in. And I said, wow, okay, and that was on a, like it was on a Monday. And then on that Wednesday, and matter of fact, also what happened there, that uh, he did a, a, a a march down to the uh, state capitol where he was sworn at, at the door there, you know, give his, his lapel pin back and his uh, desk, you know, name on his, on his desk. And, but in doing this, okay, there was, you know, in the background, you hear his um, being, um, this was a lighter man with shine, okay? They go way back on the rip. This was a yeah. lighter man with shine, okay? Yeah. Uh, as it turned out, uh, Mr. Mr. Justin's Jones light, and I was in the first I had shot the whole weekend um, in between Thursday and that Monday. Uh, those two young black men had been the face of almost every talk show, every uh, talk show at midnight, every uh, newscast around the world. They became over they became they became rock stars. They call them. They, they're known all around the world, all about them. Well, and that was on the weekend of all, all the Sunday shows, you know. So the House of Representatives down there in Tennessee, 
kind of shed his light, you know, on what was going on there. And, and it didn't like me, but they saw him. Just his life ahead of the, the, the whole body there, and so by the speaker. And he got to make a decision. But his life, life ahead of him, right now, uh, the speaker right now of the House uh, uh, the there may soon find himself in big trouble. Because as as, uh, as people already know, you know, you, know, you can't live in a, live, you, know, you can't throw those stones to other people. Well, they just investigated and they found out that uh, although he is a speaker and that he lives, you know, but he does not live in his district. He lives there's a lot of some out of the way for Nashville. And so well but that's not nothing, you know, get you kicked out there. But what may get him in trouble is that on his knowledge report, okay. And they get a rebound every, 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 every month. So they turn in the mouth report, you know, how much they come back in the district. Well, he lied on his college report. So then that's falsifying the documents. So that's how that turns out. Now, that's in Nashville. Now, that's what it was on until, until they come the next, the next Wednesday last, understands me. Well, in the case there, uh, the Mr. Uh, Pearson, Justin Pearson, uh, who was also expelled. Well, in, in, in Mr. Tennessee, that's where he lived at. Guess what? Another unanimous vote. And he was right back, you know, in, you know, in the House of Representatives there. And this all took place, in fact, in, in less than a week, you know. But we say again, you, you know, uh, injustice, you know, is not something that's going to go away, but what has happened here. Um, this is this is sort of a, 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 a movement, for lack of a better description. Yes, firearms. This is what this is all about. About mass shootings. Mass shootings taking place. Well, that was the week before, okay? Well, this, well, this, this past, this week, okay? This this past Monday also, um, we had a, another shoot, this time in Nashville, I'm sorry, in um, Louisville, Kentucky. Now, this was a 15 mass killing. You know, 15, and this is only April, April 15, you know, and that we have an ambassador in this case took place, you know, at, 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 a, at a bank in, in downtown uh, Nashville. I don't know if it's Nashville, Louisville, Kentucky. And in this case, uh, you know, uh, five people were, were killed. And, and that's kind of a bad thing for this. Five Louisville bank employees, a few who were in that building, were killed. And one and one person that was shot in the head was a young police officer who had just joined the force. And he, and he ran to, 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 to what was going on there, along with him and his trainer, and he uh, took down the killer. Now, the killer also worked in the bank. And you know, so he knew everybody that, 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 was, that, that was there that day on that Monday. And so that's how that that's how that we started, and so now this is one of those things that that don't happen you no know, all the time. But 15 man shooting, and in this case, gun violence. There's there's nothing being talked about in, in in our Congress, you know that that's gonna take care of that. But one thing that's taking place here, the new movement is okay. There's these young kids. Uh, you ever heard Cheyenne tell us all the time that she's in grade school and in high, high school, even in college, that when they went to school every day, they would have to have some kind of drills, okay, about how I'm not to get shot if somebody came in. 
of how do I get out of my special safety? And these kids are tired of that. And so, 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 so down in Memphis, and in Nashville, and in Tennessee, those young people are always somewhat on to do the old folk, okay? But they said, we're tired of being tired of tired of being tired of being afraid of these men with a destruction. And then I was representing in the house here, you know, in the Senate here, not doing anything about it. So they said, as soon as we turn 18 years of age, guess what? We're going to kick you out of here. You know, and, and, you know, and also, not only is it seemed to be a, uh, you know, a, a thing you know, about the young people all, in almost in every state in our country right now, you have some kind of situation going on, okay, where young people uh, uh, you know, are being attacked. It's not, not saying being attacked, yet the rules are being changed. They're affecting them. And in most cases, these rules have been around for, for the longest. And in most cases, you have a lot of not old, old uh, Republican men, anybody, you know, a lot of young kids in Missouri. Those are a lot of things that goes in, you know, a, a young, young men, a young ladies, and for some reason, they seem to be attacked. On oh, first, they were talking, attacking the kids on, 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 on the libraries. Then they were attacking them about going to school with face masks. And so right now, it seems to be that the young people are the easiest target, or they can't, you know, they, they, they can't vote. And so they, right now, have decided, we ain't going to take it no more. You know, it was a movie I talked about years ago. I ain't going to take it no more. And so they seem to have galvanized you know, a plan they want to be able, okay, to do, to do something about what's been going on. And also, this uh, past week, on Wednesday, since uh, uh, um, it was a week, we had a press release from the NASA King of Commerce, from Mr. Chucky Bowhood, our CEO. Now, this is some great good news, okay, for black businesses. NASA King of Commerce participated in Kenya and, and India, these are two countries right now. I know India is in Africa, and India is the largest, one of the largest countries in the world with population wise and mass size. But anyway, uh, they, uh, the Bacterial Commerce participated in Kenya uh, and also in Indiana. Uh, uh, in, in I'm in India for two trade missions. And the important thing about this, okay, these are these things both simultaneously. You know, and they conducted two global tra trade missions simultaneously on um, between August until March of 27th, April 1st. The United States Department of Commerce and the National Trade Administration executive led a trade mission to Nairobi in, in, in Kenya. And led by Kenya, and that, and, and, you know, and, and that was led by uh, Senior Secretary Donald Cravens, was building. The, the honor of the presence was requested to, to come to New Delhi by the by the India match the Asian African American African Chamber of Commerce and Industry in their twenty twenty-one in the in India uh, National Conference. Uh, and uh, and, and by the way, uh, in, in the in, in, in the, uh, in the uh, Kenya uh, trade, in Kenya, Chucky Bo was having a business down there. Then in India, in, in international committee was able to do that. And the good part about this, okay, we came away with two trade agreements, both these countries simultaneously. You know, and that's, that, that was just 
getting the story and also then also uh this has me uh Fox News has uh they had a bad week also as as a lawsuit about the Armenian voting system. Did you recall during the uh twenty twenty elections that uh, Fox News um, broadcast broadcast, you know, that uh that Donald Trump, you know, had, had won the election and everybody knew that it wasn't true but and it and it and it when they did it they accused uh the Minion voting system of, you know doing the illegal stuff. Well, that mean in rotation with the defamation of character. So right now you can't do that. So now there's a one point six million dollar lawsuit uh, being filed against them and they have filed all types of uh, uh um suits to try to stop this this from taking place. But starting next Monday in Delaware, this this case goes to court. <laughs> and I said they had a bad week this past week, okay. The judge found out that they had been hiding, you know, hiding information from the judge. And, you know, years ago, the other uh, guy named Phil Wilson become the judge, but the judge was kind of upset about that. And so now they, they, this, this all comes to head starting on Monday, where the CEO of the company, Mr. Murdoch, and all the top executives down to the mayor will be testifying under oath. And that's not a good thing for you sometimes. And also, uh, this past week, uh, I saw that because on Thursday in Indianapolis, the National Rifle Association, or the NRA convention started this week with over 14 acres of the latest guns and gear of uh, uh, the most popular countries in, in, the, in the country. Now, what this means is that uh, NRA is, is, you know, if this if, if you over to Congress, if you want to get a signal, anywhere that politics at, well, and you're going you're gonna to make your way to Indianapolis. Uh, you want to go, go before them and ask them for some money. You know, and uh, as, a, as your politician, in the Republican camp right now, you want to make sure that you get their endorsement. A lot of times, you know, we may represent our, our representatives that's in your own district, and you vote for them, okay, but they get, they get to their seat. So they do be in our access. Matter of fact, you have out there all this past week already. They just got sort of president, former President Trump and Vice President Biden, by me and Vice President Pence, they both already spoke. They both spoke yesterday. So this is going to be a very, very interesting situation there. And also, uh, also, you know, we can look at the kind of people to the next, the next week a little bit here. Uh, the, uh, you know, this was what we said down here, you know, it's not over yet. A Massachusetts nest, National Guard member, was arrested Thursday in connection with the disclosure of highly classified military documents about the Ukraine war and other top national secrets information. Now, you're not aware, this stuff was put out on the internet, and it, it's been out there, out there for a little while. And what people don't understand, if you go on the internet, they're going to find you. No, you don't leave, they call it digital footprint. And that's when you, you log on, that's from wherever your office, from your home, or where you are, your computer. They're going to find you. And so they trace this young man in Massachusetts, and here's a 21 year old man, 21 years old, that had access to the top secret. Now, what this does, it puts the United States in a very bad light. Uh, it's kind of shows America's ability, and the bill, I should say, they got this most sensitive information document you know, in, the, in, the, in the war, right in Ukraine. You know, and 
I said, that, that is a, that's not a good thing. And, and, and you thought that we may be over, okay, but the United States Supreme Court Justice, Clarence uh, uh, Thomas, okay, uh, Justice Thomas, okay, with uh, somebody that's traveled, you know, with what they can see in there. Well, Justice Fast, uh, yesterday came out that Clarence uh, Thomas, uh, Justice Thomas, I should say, uh, <laughs> and got involved with a real estate deal. Hmm. And there's a $140,000. Now, in this federal, or in Georgia, okay, they have a form that she'll ask you if you had any, or made any money to any real estate transaction, any over $1,000. This is over $1,000. And so far, the, the Supreme Court it's under fire time and time and time and time and time again. And as I was saying earlier, uh, in Missouri, we not, we, we not, you know, we're in ourselves, you know, in our fair state, uh, this, this past week, or, you know, in the land of the Texas the House and the Senate here. This, uh, and this is something that's been a very big thing in around, but also transgender care for kids. Again, and they've been here again, kids have been picked on again because you know, they can't vote, they think. And so right now, uh, we have competing proposals in, in the city of Missouri for gender care for the kids. And now, all of that's going on, you know, they're going to be fighting about to take, taking benefits from these kids. And also in St. Louis County, in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, uh, you know, in St. Louis County right now, we, we got a correction uh, 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 officer, officer, I should say. Uh, the prisoners are still there, the prisoners are still there, unsafe. You know, in the justice center, but they have a lack of uh, officials. And also, needless to say, there's always a concern that somebody's making decisions so and also. But in San Luis City, in San Luis County, Fort Jenkins, and murder continue to increase. You wouldn't know that. So anyway, you can listen to us in USA, hottarget.com. Not to the best chance I've raised money to our folks. We'll take a small break and we'll be right back. Now take us out of here.
good afternoon, St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, I guess uh, the last of us was like Kevin Cummins when you hear it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and also all of us uh, broadcasts can be heard on Spotify. And also this, this program will be rebroadcast tomorrow at 1 o'clock. It's entirely us all on Wednesday, so we'll thank you for listening to us. And we can be found again on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And for that lunch, we're going to take a conversation. Well, one of my favorite times of the month is going to come down to the third Saturday of the month. That's when we have Miss Diane Hubbard, our Zoomer. Diane, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I am blessed. Life is good. As God would say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How do you say it's God? Too blessed to be distressed. <laughs> to be distressed, okay? Okay. Well, we, we gotta miss you, okay? And uh, but China's back since she had some tonsil problems. We got, but she had some issues, okay? But, and uh, also she went traveling with the family. But right now, Chad, tell us what's going on in the Zoom world. I mean, what's going on is. There's so much going on in our country. As, <laughs> I mean, as a young person, you really can't ignore what's going on. One of the things that um, has been a really hot topic is the conversation of banning TikTok. And, and TikTok, for those who do not know, is a social media app that I think 150 million Americans use. use. Uh, you're right. Oh, oh no, over. Yeah, it's a giant app. It's a, and the issue is that our government said they want to ban it for, you know, security reasons, but they never offered any type of real good issues to block the app. But you, but you know something, Cheyenne? What I do understand, we just had a, a, a young man, 20 years old, uh, was that he was on a, a court, this app he was on. And he stole federal government, government secrets, okay? They're not talking about abandoning that app, so why did he take it on TikTok? I think it's rooted in, you know, xenophobia. Truly. Okay. Because, you know, just today, I have discovered that, you know, Facebook is in a class action lawsuit for data leaks. And if you ever had a Facebook between 2007 and 2022, you can join this class action lawsuit, basically, and sign up for it. Because turns out, you know, Facebook has, a, throughout the years, has so many data leaks. It's ridiculous. But they won't ban Facebook. They definitely won't ban, you know, Discord after this man. This man was leaking. Or Twitter. Or Twitter, either. And it's so crazy because this man was leaking, like, uh, records, secret records, right? Top secret, top secret records. On a Discord, on this Discord app, right? And this little server. So basically a server is, let's say you're in a neighborhood, right? And there's all these bunch of houses. Someone invites you into a house. That's basically a server. House is a server in a neighborhood, basically. Thank you. Education. <laughs> Yeah, so this man was leaking this information on a server about a child's game, by the way, <laughs> named Minecraft. And I was like, wow, this is really ridiculous. Because it also makes you think, he's probably not the first person to do this either. No, no, well, no, but uh, he, he, well, fortunately, 
he got caught. And also, Sam, one of the things, you know, it seemed to be that, uh, as I was talking earlier before you guys came on, that, that it seemed to be that the young people, okay, uh, are under attack around, uh, in, in, our, in, our, in our government, okay, uh, in that most states, states, I should say, in those cities, okay, you know, you have young people who are all being attacked, first of all, with education, and now I think one issue that you've been talking about for years and years and years and years, there's a gun that has been in the, in the high school. Well, thank God right now you get out of high school, that is into the place, and also you graduated from a lot of from you were to Kansas City. And so right now you can look back and say, about how, how, how you feel doing the task. Oh, honestly, yeah, I feel like yeah. this country does not care about children. <laughs> because, you know, I remember thinking this right after I was about 12 years old when Sandy Hook happened. And I was like, oh, maybe something will get done. And Sandy Hook was 10, a decade ago, a whole decade, and we're still having the same issues. And, you know, nowadays, instead of focusing on, you know, <laughs> real issues, now they're attacking, you know, transgender children. Mm-hmm. And there's like, oh, well, and making up lies about these kids, which will, you know, someone's going to hurt some of these children eventually because people are just really crazy nowadays. Uh, the legislature, okay, is taking away the benefits, you know, the house, the benefits, okay, for these young kids. Yeah, health care, which is really healthcare. ridiculous. That is, that is so ridiculous to me, and it's just a shame how they're doing these people, because another thing they really don't care about is education, because mm-hmm. at least where I live, right, they defunded schools so badly, we didn't even know if we were going to start school on time that year because we didn't have enough funding. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you need your such a hand, you know, it all comes down to the, uh, the legislators, okay? Mm-hmm. So this, 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 down in, down in Tennessee, Tennessee, uh, the House representatives, you know, was also the private, so most of the budget, uh, there, there was a demonstration in Nashville over uh, a covenant school, which is a white school down there, that, uh, you know, private school, I should say, that three young girls, the three young, young people, nine years old were killed. And there was a demonstration led by uh, a white young lady and two blacks, who had to be their team which is their job to uh, protest. You know, this, is, this is the key, it's okay. What are you trying to say? And so they found and found somebody, okay, they'll listen to them. They'll, they'll listen to them. It could make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, we're going to bring a guest in here for you, that we have here, who's from Nashville. And uh, he was a guest this past week on our other show that we do at Battle Park, just come to Kansas City. And it's a win with every year with a great hand. Well, first of all, Ron. Well, first of all, thank you for uh, having me back on your show. Uh, I, my, my position is I am the entertainment and sports editor for Tennessee Tribune, which is the largest black-owned newspaper in the state of Tennessee, 
and I'm also a commentator, and I do some radio stuff, so uh, I follow a lot of the issues. Now, to get specifically to what you're, you're speaking about, uh, the legislature of Tennessee has become, in the last two weeks, a national joke, because what they did was they, they tried to expel three members, and they ended up expelling two the two youngest black members of the legislature they expelled, and they did not expel a third member, which is a, a 60-year-old white woman who had joined the two young black men in joining with demonstrators on the floor of the legislature. And the reason that they did that is because in committee, the young legislators attempted to try and bring up legislation and bills for gun control and they cut their mics off they silenced them they wouldn't give them any opportunity to present legislation in committee they wouldn't listen to them in the debates so after seven people so 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 Ron, so this video trying to bring us some deals okay uh yes, they, were. They, were, they, were, they were supporting of these young people being killed you know in tennessee right Right, so after after a form they, 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 they became even more, I should say. That's correct. That's correct, yeah. So after this former student went to Coventry School, which is a white Christian fundamentalist private school now, it was a former student went into the school with uh, assault weapons and handguns. She had three guns, two of which she bought legally, and killed uh, three nine-year-old children and three adults then a few days after that happened there was a demonstration down at the capitol and these three legislators joined the demonstrators and the republican-led state legislature was ignoring the demonstrators i mean they walked right past them didn't even acknowledge them so these legislators brought the demonstrators into uh, the capitol building mm-hmm put them onto the floor of the house. Mm-hmm. Two of them got bullhorns, and they just spoke to the legislators and said, you know, you need to listen to these demonstrators. So that was that was considered a breach of decorum by the Republican legislators. And so their response to that was to expel, formally put a motion on the floor to expel all three of these representatives. And they did expel two of them. But the two they expelled were promptly returned to their seats. Uh, Nashville, the city council, returned Justin Jones to his seat. And in Memphis, the Shelby County Commission returned Justin Pearson to his seat. And in both cases, they were unanimous votes. So both of the legislators are back in in their seats now. And uh, all that the state Republicans have done is turn these people into national figures for gun control and make them national heroes. And also just shown how uh, unresponsive they are to uh, the voices of thousands of people who are, who've been urging them to do something about gun violence in the state. Shane, Shane, now you can't care what your thoughts about what Ryan just said. You know, watching what happened in Tennessee, it's just, you know, was just disgusting to me for them to expel these two black men for, you know, listening to the people who voted them in, right? 
for bringing up issues that affected their, <laughs> like affected thousands of people in Tennessee. And, you know, I shouldn't say that I, I was shocked <laughs> that they didn't expel the white woman, but after, after all, you know, after a while, I was like, mm, not really shocking given the fact of what just history, right? What's been going on in. Okay, and, and, okay. Well, what's your thoughts about that also? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because yesterday there was leaked audio of a secret meeting that the Republicans held right after they took the original vote. And some of them were shocked too because they had all agreed prior to the vote to expel all three. And then one of their members changed his vote and that change was the one vote that enabled her to not stay in. And so they were excoriating just one Republican and, and saying, you know, this makes us look like racist. This makes us look uh, unfair, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that got, that got leaked out and was actually aired on the news uh, mm. yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, a, a, a website got a hold of that. And, you know, that somebody in the Republican uh, legislature leaked that to a website. And it got, and it's 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 been heard all over the state now. So that shows you that the, even even the Republicans themselves were surprised that, and, and they realize how that makes them look to expel the two youngest black legislators and not expel a white woman who did the same thing they did. Mm. Well, I did not hear that yet. <laughs> and that is very crazy. I won't. Mm. Well, Shane, let me ask you a question. As a young uh -huh. person, okay, how does that make you feel, okay, that you know, that, 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 that senior being a, a, a bad wound being playing, okay, just to you know she goes to kind of silence the young people. And that's at the end um, of the day, that's what it's all about. I think what's happening is that. You know, you know. Let me ask one question: Does does the Republicans in Tennessee have like a super majority already? Yes. Okay. Yes. In both houses, yes. In both houses, okay. So them them basically expelling these people, right? To me, it seems as an unnecessary thing, right? It just seems like a power control trip happening. And you know, I think people. The people with the super majority are a little scared of the younger generation. <laughs> What's going to happen in the future? Because these younger generation, these people in the younger generation, are not going to take up <laughs> and go along with what's been happening for like I don't know decades now. Oh well, yeah. Well, when you look at who's in the Republican super uh, majority in Tennessee. It's all old white men. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's who it is. I mean, somebody commented that, you know, the Tennessee delegation looks like something from uh, 1928 because uh, there's, there, there's, there's no diversity at all. I mean, zero. Uh, so 
that's who voted these two young black black men to vote to expel these two young black men. And I commend both the city council of Nashville and Shelby County Commission for putting them both back in as quickly as they did. I mean, it took, the Shelby County Commission took it took one minute for them to vote to put them back in, and it took less than ten minutes for the city council to put Justin Jones back in. Hmm. Okay. So that's how quickly the votes went in both of those cases. So both cities just, and the, and I guess the a bigger story is that the state legislature has been at war with both Nashville and Memphis for, for the last couple of years and has done a lot of things to try to hurt both of them, including uh, they tried to reduce the city council of Nashville from 40 to 20 because it's the most diverse city council that Nashville's ever had in the history of the city. So that's, the city council has sued the state legislature and that suit is in court now. Yeah, you you know, from all what you have told, I can tell that these people, the older people, right, and the, the older white guys in power are pretty, you know, worried what's going to happen in the next, I don't know, 10 years for them to be acting like that, for them to try to even cut down on their city council as well, just yeah. shows how they want to micromanage everything. Yeah, and they gerrymandered the most recent map and redrew the districts, which essentially cost Nashville, uh, had, had cost Nashville a member in Congress. So they, they're doing a lot of things that show you that they want to take the state backwards. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line, is they're taking oh, yeah. the backwards. Yeah, and you can see this happening across the, <laughs> personally, I think the whole country, is that people want to go backwards in a lot of stuff. You see what's happening in Florida, whatever the laws that Ron DeSantis is passing, a lot of them are really bad. <laughs> and they're seen outdated. What's happening in my local state right now is, you know, I think they're trying to go backwards as well. And just from what I can see from watching the news, like these laws that are getting passed, it's kind of crazy. Them attacking, you know, like uh, abortion laws (laughs) and them trying to pass like a six week abortion ban when most people don't even know at all at six weeks mm-hmm. it, it's just a, um, it's a little scary I say let me ask you a question okay and also actually also Ron uh, and, and I need you know your opinions okay and you always start writing down I know in the uh, you mentioned the Sandy Hooks situation down in Florida in this past, uh, uh, so last year for the general election, um, the Florida election, no, a, uh, a Zoomer, okay, for lack of a better description, the uh, House of Representatives, and he also was a young man, okay, that came out of Florida that was, that was affected by the, by the gun, you know, the mass shooting that took place down there. So my question is, okay, the last election, we also saw that the, uh, that, that, that the divorce issue very high issue that changed the, the, the whole face, okay, of the uh, electorate that voted for the Democratic is Republican. And it seems like now the, the, the two issues, okay, 
the Republicans have, have made a main issue right now. The NRA has this convention right now in Indianapolis, and you know, and uh, that that will it be true to say that that, that gun uh, gun control, uh, gun rights would be a hot issue this time around, along with abortion? Can you go first? Oh, a hundred percent, because I can't tell you how many people that have been affected by uh, like just the gun issue just you know from what i can see growing up we had to go do them school shooting drills like clockwise like every couple of months there'd be a school shooting drill and so after a while i i can distinctly remember thinking about every time i went to school to have an exit no matter what happens in any type of classroom I sit down, I think of an exit just in case someone <laughs> just wants to shoot up the place. And, oh. I, and so, yeah, across the country, they're doing these school shooting drills. And I know I'm not alone about thinking <laughs> about these little exits, okay? And also the abortion issue is going to be a really, really hot topic in the next election because in my state of Kansas, we voted to keep it in our, uh, I think, to keep abortion access as a law, which shocked a lot of people <laughs> across the country. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. And it passed like 60% of the people in Kansas wanted to keep it, which is a huge mm-hmm. amount of people. It's won by a landslide. Well, I agree with that. I think one of the things that is going to be very interesting is the Republican Party is essentially making white backlash. That's the cornerstone of their uh, strategic uh, approach in the next election. You said white backlash. What do you mean? Yes. I mean, maybe as a newspaper. Well, I'm talking about, okay, all right, uh, things like. Uh, anti-affirmative action, uh, uh, anti-critical race theory, and then uh, anti-transgender, anti-LGBTQ. All of these things are part of white backlash, okay? And now today in Nashville, Trump is here today, Pence is here today. They are having a Republican uh, donor meeting here in town. And, both Trump and Pence are making stump speeches. And they're urging their supporters, you know, to, if you want your gun rights protected, you know, to uh, donate <laughs> X amount of dollars. So Ron DeSantis, this whole thing in Florida, now he masked it, he, code, he, he uses code words and he uses, uh, if, you, if you don't know the language, it's subtle, it's not subtle to me. But he uses language in which it's very apparent mm-hmm. who he's who he's targeting and what his strategy is. So yeah, I, I, when I say white backlash, yes, that's what I mean by white backlash. Yeah, they're playing with people's fears, right, <laughs> to gain votes, and I can see it happening all across the country. And you, when you listen to some of these people talk, you hear these little. Um, Code words. I call them dog whistles. I think is the mm-hmm. Yeah, you. When you learn the words, it's like, huh? That's what they're talking about. Because after you start paying attention, it's like, 
okay, this is what's going to happen. You're playing with people's fears to get money, votes, and to push a really nasty agenda that's going to affect multiple people. Yeah, you were talking earlier about the, the guy who leaked all these documents. Marjorie Taylor Greene today called him a, a, a white male Christian. That, that's how she defends the guy. She said, oh, he's a white male Christian. <laughs> I mean, that's how she was quoted. That's not me making that up. That's, that's a direct mm-hmm. quote from Marjorie Taylor Greene today. So he's a white male Christian. It's okay for him to leak national secrets online. According to her. Yeah, and you see, you know, whenever they have like any type of, like, I can remember when they have like the mass shootings happening and how they describe certain people. And he's like, oh, he, he was, um, he struggled with mental illness. He's a good Christian white boy. I was like, but he shot up like hundreds of people. And you can see this through the news cycle, like, clockwork all the time unless it's someone who doesn't um like let's say for example it's someone else who wasn't you know a white male who shot up something right they would use their mug shots they would call them all types of words thugs degenerates all this type of words right hey i noticed this you know just watching the news and also i have a journalist degree yeah, and it, you you can you can see it when it happens, and it's a shame. Well, you know, I guess one 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 of the things, okay, that uh, that I mean, years ago, I said, I the last past five years ago, uh, you know, the census tracts and uh, the uh, enrollments in our country, kindergarten and first grade, so uh, we. I know the not a poll, but you know the uh, count show that the uh, white whites, okay, in general, would be in a minority. So is this you think a fight for power, okay, with the whites? Because really, think about this. You know, in, in a couple of years, they're gonna be in a minority themselves. You know, and, 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 and so you would think they they, they, would, they would they would have a better attitude. Oh, no, that's certainly, that's a big part of it. If you listen to or read any of the speeches that Trump has made in the last few weeks, he's continually going back to this thing of uh, demographics, okay? They always, they, they ultimately go back to demographics, and they're pushing this thing. That's part of the whole anti-immigrant uh, strategy. You know, you know, I've never heard anybody say, well, we're letting too many Polish immigrants in. We're letting too many Irish immigrants in. We're letting too many Italian immigrants in. I've never, I've never seen that or heard that anywhere. But yeah, we're letting too many Mexicans in. You know, I mean, we make it harder for Haitians to get in than we do for any other immigrant groups. So mm-hmm. these, these are the things that that you see and you hear. That's part of that whole thing of trying to stem the demographic tide. Yeah, um, and if you ever go on just social media, right, they always talk about how they're scared to get replaced. And it's a big, 
Oh yeah, Dr. Carlson has a whole, yeah. that's, that's his whole thing. To yeah, it's called theory. like the white replacement theory, I think. Oh. And it's, it's rooted in white supremacy. It's really, and it's crazy to see this just on like TV of them just talking about this so blatantly. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you a question, okay? And, and this is what both of you got. Especially for you, Shane, you know, uh, in the last three years, I would say, okay, most of your uh, newscasters, so in the last 10 years, I would say, were all white males when they did your news you know, on, on the Human Networks. In your local, uh, on the NBC, CBS, ABC, use that there. And now you watch all those stations, either they are, uh, they are female, they are female, you know, like in case CBS news, they have uh, a white and a white lady doing that. And on NBC, okay, you have, uh, that's, a, that's a, oh, who's a black man, you know, who's a person doing that at 5 o'clock or 5 o'clock, whatever you want to call it. And, and likewise, on all the TV stations now, you see women of color and also uh, you know, uh, young females, okay, being dominant, okay, the face you see and see on TV now. What are your thoughts about that? Is that maybe something added to that? Is there any addiction? You know, TV, okay, they'll see a white face again. Oh, me? Um, <laughs> I think it's uh, with all, you know, there's more diversity, you know, showing up on TV across, you know, everywhere because there's more diverse people in our country nowadays right. and they want to be represented one way or another. And, and you can see some people saying this is all forced. This is unnecessary because it's like back in my day, we didn't have all this stuff. And it's, I, I definitely think politicians play on this fear by saying, look at what they're doing and forcing you to see. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I want, Michael, I'm sorry, you asked what you did also. Watch your thoughts. Well, I say that diversity is tied in as far as diversity in media. When I started out back in the, in the late 70s, I mean, you didn't see anything but white men on television and in newspapers. But I think a lot of it is tied into money, okay? Mm-hmm. okay. The, the, the demographics of the, of the country keep changing and, and there are more markets out there. And these corporations that own the media, they want to make money, okay? It's not that they're all that interested in, in uh, social justice, but they, they can count, okay? And they see yeah. Yeah. increasingly uh, that uh, there's there's more people of color and there's more young people and those are markets that historically they have not tapped. They've not tapped out yet. I mean, to be just, you know, one, the, the white male market's been pretty tapped out as far as advertising goes, but there's still lots of money to be made in uh, in black communities and Latino communities and Asian communities. There's lots more money to be made among women. So that's, that to me is probably the reason that you're seeing that much more so than anything else. Yeah. I can tell you that the people who run these corporations, it's not that they're all that progressive, but they <laughs> want to make money. Mm-hmm. And see, when I, I'm only 22, right? And so growing up, it, uh, 
growing up, you know, there, I didn't see just only white men because, you know, when I started watching news, I was like 10, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because before then, uh, my mom thought it was a bad influence to watch all this negativity. <laughs> I might be 10 yeah. or 12, right? Um, so I didn't grow up with just seeing white men. It was like a little sprinkle of some other groups in there. But over the years, it has definitely, you know, increased. But I agree with what he was saying. Is It's more about money as well. Because truly, yeah, advertisement is, is rooted in money. Especially, uh, I think it really uptake after the... Uh, 2020 as well mm-hmm. you know after the George Floyd incident and they mm-hmm. were trying to push all this blackness out it is definitely rooted in money because after a while they stopped caring it was like okay who cares about you all again and nothing really got changed after that whole incident mm-hmm. either how did the pandemic affect that change also? What we were talking about there. The pandemic, um, hmm, I think people were, <laughs> were more aware of stuff because they were forced to sit down for the first time. There were a lot of incidents and look at stuff <laughs> where they wouldn't pay attention before. Okay, and Ron, with your thoughts? Well, I mean, one thing that the pandemic has done as far as just commerce is uh, a lot of things were negatively affected. For instance, a bunch of restaurants were hurt because people couldn't go to them. So a lot of these places haven't reopened. Okay. So that the labor market has had, has had an impact because of the pandemic. Now, in terms of the issues that we're talking about, uh, there was a period of time when you didn't see uh, the kind of demonstrations that you're seeing now because people were afraid to congregate together. So now that the pandemic has passed, you're starting to see these major demonstrations again. Like in the last two weeks here in Nashville, I mean, there's been like five enormous demonstrations. Oh, wow. People marching through this, from the courthouse to the, the legislature, massing on the Capitol steps. We've had people come in from all over the country, and that's it. Thanks again to the Republican state legislature putting these people out and turning them into national heroes. So I think that we're, now that we're coming out of the pandemic, I think you're seeing a surge in activism again that you weren't seeing because people were literally afraid to assemble in crowds during the, during the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's a that's a thing. I mean, when when you when you cancel money makers like the NCAA basketball tournament because right. of COVID, and you have the NBA playoffs in a bubble, you know that shows you just how how much fear there was during the pandemic, and that fear is gone now. I mean, people are back out in the streets again. Yeah, and another thing, you know, we're talking about the pandemic that a lot of our cousins are working from home, and that and that has, you know, is uh, my wife realty and so was Scott. Now you can realize, you know, uh, you know, a lot of office space 
lot of offices, okay, that had hundreds and hundreds of people. And restaurants that you can also arrive that depend on those offices, the, the, or the lunches, you know, come in on their lunch hour, you know, a happy hour. All that, all that went away during the pandemic. Yeah, and some of it didn't, not all of it came back. And, you know, there are people who don't want to go back and work in an office, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they they found out they can work just as effectively from home, and they'd rather stay home and work. See, I work from home most time, and you know what? I really enjoy it. It is fantastic. I don't have to waste gas money to go travel anywhere. I'm not really micromanaged as <laughs> as hard as working in the office, and I can get my work done at home just as good. And the other thing is these restaurants that some of these places that don't want to pay people a living wage. Okay, no, they don't. They're finding out that okay, if I'm not going to make a living wage. Why should I come back in there anyway? Okay, I'll find something I can do at home, or I'll find a job that pays me enough money to live. But I'm not going to knock myself out for minimum wage or less. And that's why a lot of these restaurants, unfortunately, have had to close because people won't go back to work in them now. Yeah, because, you know, one of the issues that a lot of people just don't, you know, know or think about is that they. Restaurants are paying these people sub minimum wage, okay? Mm-hmm. And below, and you know, minimum wage here is, I think, in Kansas, is seven dollars. You can't live off of that. You can't live off of that anymore because due to you know inflation and you know price gouging certain you know areas, people can't live off of that. Unless, you know, working two, three jobs and wasting their lives just to survive. You still Yeah, you got to still pay taxes. And it's just not worth worth it when you can go find a job somewhere else that can pay you way better. And it's just, I can see why the restaurant industry is not doing as good. And they're going to have to, you know, update and pay people a livable wage. So they can survive. You mentioned restaurant. I remember because my wife's birthday went out. Uh, they have a lunch time, you know, and, uh, and on the menu that uh, my my, my brother in was on the back of the menu, on the last item there, they had some of a small writing that gratuity now, okay, is, is automatic put into the price, okay. <laughs> uh, the food in those days, they had to depend on the chips now. So now, so now, you know, the, 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 the tips are already included in the price. Mm, okay. You know, I and, did not know that. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't know that. We all said, oh my, and we, matter of fact, we were all getting ready to put some money on the table for a tip, right? Because the rest of the way was very, very, you know, very courteous, very, you know, timely. We should give some money, okay? But we know that probably, remember, they all went to a pool, okay? And, and that probably got the, you know, Mm-hmm. And see, another thing that I have been seeing happening, you know, just across the country is that people are starting to like form unions again. Yes. Yes. 
which to me, which is a great thing to me because I think I started noticing they formed a union at uh, the local Starbucks I was working at, not working at, I visited at it. And I was like, oh, good for them because these corporations are taking advantage of people way too much. But people are tired. You've seen how much you know uh, the CEOs are making unbelievable money, you know, and you know, and, and the corporations are making unbelievable profits. Mm-hmm. And the work is okay, you know, in the White House doing the work okay, the janitors is doing their work and stuff. They're not getting any of the money. No. So, you know, I'm an organizer. I've been organizing, you know, a couple times in my life. I'm a man. I'm not electrician. Maybe W. And you know, and one one of the things, okay, I tell people, you know, that you need to have somebody to you know, to speak up for you. Uh, we all we all say one thing in common here: the young kids have nobody, nobody to speak up for them. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just right now, there are these uh, three individuals in, in down in your state, Ron. They found somebody okay. They will listen to them okay, and it seems as though they were they were they were trying to uh, penalize those three people okay. Listen to the young people. That's where it came across to me. Oh no question, no question. I mean, they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to be perceived that way. But there is no question that uh, the fact that these were two young black men. We've only been in the legislature for a matter of weeks, okay? And there were all kinds of other measures that they could have taken. And it has backfired on them so badly that they've even gotten criticism from across the country from other Republicans who were saying, hey, that was unnecessary. You know, you could have censored them. You could have just publicly criticized them. There's all kinds of things you could have done. But by choosing to expel them, you made them heroes. You made them role models. You made them spokespersons. And they are now enormously popular. I mean, every major newspaper in the country has been in Nashville in the last week talking to mm-hmm. Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. Every network covered the city council hearing. Uh, Justin Jones was on PBS right after the uh, he was reinstated. I mean, people know who these two young men are now. Thank and, you, Tennessee Red Republicans. <laughs> yeah, and it just highlights issues that they probably just wanted to keep hidden, right? Well, it, it actually, the governor, who has been a long-time gun rights guy, reversed his seal this week and um, came out with an executive order mandating uh, 72-hour reporting for uh, background checks. And that is a complete and total reversal of position from what he ran on and from what he said as, as, as recently as last year. So that's how successful all of this has been in terms of bringing the issue of gun violence to the forefront, so. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, he, 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 you know, he wants to be re-elected for one thing, okay? And, and right now, like, with the young people, you know, getting them teed up to, to, to 
gun, the gun rights issue, like I said, you know, for the first time, you know, since the same news complaint, that the young man from Florida, okay, was elected, you know, and he's a gun rights, you know, uh, uh, the person right now saying, hey, I'm going I'm to I'm put my vote to work here, and that's what he did. You know, and, 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 and I've seen young ladies, uh, white young ladies, you know, and, you know, uh, no different no nationalities all say the same thing now. Uh, we are against this and nobody wanna to listen to us. And these and these three individuals, okay, listen to us and they make me examples out of them saying if somebody else wanna do this, do this, we're gonna make sure you know, that you're gonna pay the fight. It's a fight score. Mm-hmm. And see this um what's happening right now actually gives me, you know, hope that stuff's gonna change. <laughs> Because throughout, you know, my whole entire life, it has been pretty much stagnant. I say with certain issues. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And then rapidly it went downhill, like, in I don't know, whatever (laughs) has been happening in the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. whenever, uh, (laughs) it's been rapidly going downhill. What was that guy who got in? Um... I can't remember his name, but the last person who was voted into the Supreme Court, the second to last. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was the one that had, had, had issues with female IQ. Wasn't that Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh, I think, yeah. And, like, it's rapidly have been, you know, going downhill. But seeing the younger generation getting more active in politics, getting more active and getting their voice heard, and, you know, protesting more. I think a change is going to happen. Huh? Okay, right now, uh, okay, we've been joined by uh, our illustrious leader of the National Team of Congressman, Jackie Boas, CEO. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Good afternoon, everybody. Okay, we got Cheyenne. You know, you know that you have more Cheyenne back on the list today, the third weekend of mine. And we got a, another guest, Mr. Ron Wynn. Okay, and Ron is from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Well, he's a reporter for the uh, largest black newspaper in the city of and he's our guest today also. And we've been talking primarily, Chuck, uh, about uh, the, 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 the trend, the changes. But right now, young people, you know, black people, are all naturally out here right now, are coming out against gun, uh, gun control, coming out for gun control, and also for abortion. But now, as you travel the world, Chuck. Do you see any like these issues like this? Like you travel the world, you know, with gun issues like this in other countries? Uh, you know, I have to stop and think a minute and, and just to say that, I mean, I want, before I say, I haven't seen it anywhere. I wanted to stop giving a thought and make sure, but the, and you can kind of pick up on it because um, I, I saw a clip where uh, Kamala Harris was in Ghana, and she started mm-hmm. talking about uh, gay rights or something like that, or, or human rights, and it was somehow referencing gay rights, and they cut her off and said, no, we don't have any problem here. We're working mm-hmm. on some legislation, but it's nothing, it, it, it's nothing to be talked about. And I, I haven't heard the abortion thing coming anywhere, but you know, if you really... If you really want to get to it, you know, Ira, in terms of, we all have, uh, you know, as a people, as a as a country, and people from that country, uh, and we'll just say Americans, and that means everybody, anybody, 
and, and this, that, and the other. Everybody got an opinion. But when you really get into it, it's like how much of it is like uh, uh, real opinion and how much of it is political driven. You know, the whole abortion issue is, is I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know if we really need to talk about because we're all probably on, on a similar disposition in that. It seems to be now, you know, you could debate it, but it seems to be a white man thing. I, you know, and I said it. Yeah, I had to say it like that. You know, because it's it's a lot of a lot of white babies being aborted, and they're worried about population control. <laughs> you know, so you could go into that, but I but you have to go to okay, throw that out. Sorry, I brought it up, but why do we need to go back now after how many years? You know, mm-hmm. we've been living with it a certain way, and it really wasn't on our radar. No, you know, I think. One of the things that's happening is that they want some form of issue to pick on, right? Because, like, what other issues is sort of, you know, popular to anyone below 40, right? Because some of their, like, one of the talking points I heard recently around here is that they want to have some sort of cut on Social Security. And that's unpopular to everyone, okay? And I think what's happening is they're trying to pick on certain demographics, right? So they can have like some sort of talking point. You got a she got an open band about baby. She good. <clears throat> yeah. But you know what? Another thing, you know, uh, addictions look over it right now over at the France, where they were trying to raise the Social Security age from sixty-two to sixty-four. And they are still having uh, demonstrations all around the country. Oh, and yeah. I know it's, it's, oh, go on. It's France. Sorry. It's France. How do you get it's France? Yes, it's France. France. Like, yes, it's definitely France. And right now it has evolved more than, you know, the retirement age into, like, mm-hmm. issues that are just strictly, you know, what's happening in, in France culture. And, like, every couple of days I see something's on fire over there. Because they are so angry about this stuff because, again, they're they're raising the retirement age. You have people, and I don't think they grandfather anyone in who's working. So let's say you're, like, 60 right now. You're going to have to work, like, a couple years extra even though you were about to retire, like, let's say in a week or so. Which is ridiculous. So if you travel, okay, uh, you know, uh, there are certain issues. But, but guns, okay, I think in our country, is one of the things that's really, 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 we have, we, we, uh, we don't have guns, like in St. Louis, you don't even need a permit to get your uh, shotgun, AK-47, walk down the street, okay, in broad daylight downtown. And, and you can, and there's, there's no rules, so you, can, you can't do that. So if you ain't seen any, Oh, you can get it. There's another country shop? Uh, I, can, I, can, I can't see it anywhere because they don't, they don't play that. You know, I mean, let's so, go to the places we think are wild and crazy. You know, definitely can't do it in China. You definitely can't do it in uh, North or South Korea. You can't own a job
You know, and after World War II, I think we have ruled in right to the point, you know, the veterans, you couldn't even have a military. Right. You know, so this whole thing here's where I say political because it's really from the center of the NRA. I mean, it's like, it's almost like, come on now. It's so it's silly. I don't know if it's silly or stupid or a joke or whatever you want to call it. But uh, uh, it's gotten to the point where, you know, how many, you know, I, I, how, the only way to really stop or figure this thing out is essentially we got a, uh, we got too many guns. It's just too many guns out here. Everybody got them. And now you, and now even if you stopped it, put a moratorium on gun manufacturing, gun sales, or, you know, you put the businesses out, but they're making them uh, with these 3D printers. You know? So it's a, it's a real issue. And I mean, here this week was it this week I mean how many how many different types of shootings did we have there was one in Louisville Kentucky I think yeah um, the bank the bank, the bank I think there were seven this past week oh wow and see that's crazy and I think was also would contribute to this issue like a while let's say a while back is you know a lot of the politicians were getting donations from the NRA really heavily as well well to give you an illustration of just how widespread the problem is when governor lee issued his executive order uh for uh the 72 hours for uh to report the background checks uh here in nashville the leader of one of the gun rights organizations gave a press conference in which he defended the rights of people with mental problems to get guns and how he felt that that was an unfair part of the background checks because part of the background check part of the new background check stipulation is that anyone who's got any previous report of any kind of mental illness or problem domestic violence anything like that that has to be reported by the, the, the people who sell the guns and gun rights organizations are opposed to that so what they're basically saying is that we don't we don't want anyone's right to buy a gun or anybody's access to a gun limited. Even if they're mentally ill, we don't want their rights to, to, to buy a gun limited. So that just shows you the degree to which guns are, in some people's minds, guns in America are, I mean, they consider that not just a constitutional right, they consider that a birthright. But you know, I'm gonna ask all of us this this question, okay? Uh, do we know any black gun gun dealers? Have you ever came across one? I haven't. Well, well, Not legal. Yeah, well, <laughs> only in the legal, unlegal way, uh, Aaron. That's the only way you're going to find blacks in it, but it's unlegal. I think the unlegal ones, but not legal. No. Right. Okay. Well, it's unlegal. The white man rules that. He the one who brought out all these guns and stuff. He the one that came out with guns. From the beginning. Okay, <laughs> okay Chuck. Chuck, when you travel more than most of us do, have you come across any? Any gun control? 
not even dealers. Black, black gun dealers. No, uh, I have to, you know, but I'm not looking for them, but I don't even know how you get a gun in another country. When I was in Kenya, uh, you know, when I was in Kenya, it was like serious when you saw the security at the hotels in the downtown area. They, they carry an AK-47s. It's like no joke, but they're, you know, they've had issues in the past with the uh, terrorist groups and all that. And so around the hotels, especially where Americans or Westerners are staying, they got heavy security. But the people... At, in general, there's still kind of like a argument kind of level. I mean, you could have a, a big thing there is a verbal disagreement. You don't have people fighting each other or knifing each other. They're certainly not shooting each other. I mean, we could go right now and look at uh, gun violence around the world and study that. It's stark. It's stark. We, we are it. We're the kings. You know, and I'm over, over the Middle East and uh, places that really have no rule. Well, I tell you what we're going to do today, Chuck, for the yesterday. We're going to, uh, right now, to the early part of the show, okay, I gave a, uh, a little, a little uh, explanation about the press conference about what I thought was an unbelievable accomplishment about a national year conference and your leadership. Where you create, where you, uh, I think you create, okay, but I had two trade delegations going on in two different countries simultaneously. simultaneously. And I never heard that before. Can you talk about that, Chuck? Yeah, and it isn't something, nobody in their right mind would ever have a reason to do something like that. Because you want to put your best resources behind, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever you're going to do. But in this case, I was asked or invited to uh, accompany the Undersecretary of the, of, for the MBDA uh, on a trade mission to Kenya. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's who we are, what we represent in terms of mm-hmm. for 30 years. National Black Chamber mm-hmm. has been the only black business in, uh, association that's really consistently out here trying to break, the, break through this ceiling to where... Mm-hmm. We get garner any kind of support for African American businesses to do business with African businesses, and you know historically it's always been way at the top. And so while we were doing that, this thing came up, and to be honest with you, I wasn't going to go. They had convinced me that it was worth my time because I've been to, I've been to Kenya almost ten times, and until and, you know, and I was really to be I'm kind of upset that we handed out billion dollar checks to, I think it's either 44 or 54 countries uh, this past December, but we mm-hmm. gave them no criteria, no guidelines. And when you do that, these guys put that check in their back pocket. You don't never hear about some particular project or whatever. And then uh, USAID been dumping out hundreds of millions uh, all the time, but I'm talking to the people there, and they're saying 60% of that money goes back to the U.S. via some corporation that's supposed to be doing, you know, it's like, we're going to do you a favor and come build this for you, do that for you. And it's very similar to what the Chinese do. They don't use local people. They don't use local materials. And they build it, and they do what they want and say, okay, there you go. You got it. We out of here. And so when something breaks down, they got to figure out who could be trained to, to understand how to maintenance. 
So anyway, I'll make a long story short. That was Kenya, which turned out to be just tremendous, excellent, really, really good. And, but at the same time, we're uh, invited, and this is, this is how dynamic it was, we were invited by the Asian African Chamber to attend a technical exposition called so SOFI. It's India's SOFI. And it's a, a, a technical, like CES kind of thing, a consumer electronics show, something like that. But they wanted us to go, and they were working on what I call the triangle offense, where it'd be India, Africa, and uh, United States, with us representing the United States. And historically, historically, blacks felt like they were told, don't even think about coming over here to India, because you ain't got a shot, you get nothing. But it just so happens that our partner there which we had already uh, had this relationship, but had not signed the MOU with, is the Delete, D-A-L-I-T, Delete Chamber of Commerce, which are the black people of India. And they came to our conference in Peoria and said, listen, we've been following you guys for 50 years. And I was like, what, what do you mean? They said, no, our civil rights struggle is blueprinted off of your civil rights struggle. And now we know it's time for economic empowerment, and we want to partner with you and team with you. So they were having their G20 summit at the same time that all this other stuff was going on. So I was going to India, and I've never been to India. And then this other thing came up. So I said, we got to vote. You know, we're going. We're not. We're not going to uh, cry and say that we can't jump that high or figure it out uh, with <laughs> it like that. Um, you know, and so we thank went, you, and it, thank you. it was thank fantastic. You. And let me add one more thing. Let me add one more thing to that. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I mean, I think everybody had heard or knew something about um, uh, Martin Luther King going to India. And it just so happened they were celebrating, uh, I believe the gentleman's there, Dr. Abu, Abu Lakar, something like that is his name. And that's who Martin Luther King went to see, I think, in 1952. And they crafted part of the civil rights legislation, or, I mean, uh, strategy, on the principles of Mahatma Gandhi. So, so anyway, it, it had a whole lot of history to it. And a lot of meaningful stuff came out of it. So, anyway, yeah, we did it, and uh, it is historical. Well, yeah, Chuck, I want to commit to you, okay? Uh, the National Achievement of Commerce, you know, uh, which was very much in Commerce, as I know, a few of you know, and we've been with them, again, with this thing, that thing, 2015, on April 1st, you know, it's now eight here. And Chuck, I would say, in, in those years, uh, I, I'm very much honored, you know, our leaders are okay that passed away, but you was called it our. Uh, the, 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 point two, the point two, I think he was calling it. Well, we have gone to rocket speed, okay, so we let people know that. And one of the things that you did last year, we had a relationship with the international business. Can you tell us about that? How it came about? Say that again, tell you about the relationship with which one? The international business league. Business league. Oh, the national business league. The national business league. Is the is it's the oldest black business association. It's older than the U.S. Chamber, and it's 
120, 123 years old. It was founded by Booker T. Washington himself. And they had kind of gone dormant for a while, and then they were kind of, they came back about 12 years ago, and uh, we're sitting on a coalition uh, to, to support black business, and I'm hearing the stuff going on, and there's about four black business or, uh, organizations on it, and the gentleman that runs the National Business League, his name is Dr. Ken Harris, and he and I were saying, you know, what well, we, we think kind of similar. We got the same thing. I said, yeah. And the National Black Chamber of Commerce was founded upon the principles that Booker T. Washington uh, teached and espoused. Booker T. is the founder. He created Tuskegee Institute. He created the theory and the philosophies on what makes a black, a, a, a strong community in particular. And he was believing that there's a whole lot of strength in segregation that we have to do business with each other. We've got to support each other and stop chasing after status quo or the white man's uh, 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 society to where we will never really be accepted and always be marginalized. But if we set that as our standards or as our measurement of success, we could never have success under somebody else's uh, standards or terms or judgment. So that was the beginning and the core of it. Together, we have co-founded the National Alliance for Black Business. And if you, th if you, go if you do a little homework on it, there's the National uh, Lawyers Association, National Bar Association, the National Medical Association, the National Accounts, the Black Nurses. All these entities were started by Booker T. Washington. And so we bring in everybody back together, going back to core Roots of our going, back to, going, back, going back to school, going back to school. Yeah, we're going back to basics. We're not, you know, all this rhetoric and like what we're talking about, gun control and abortion and all these other issues and things going on. We're going back to how are things at your house? Gentlemen, it's about that time. Okay, we have five minutes to go. Yeah, okay, yes, go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, so there's a lot coming. We're having our first annual conference. Oh, so I don't know. The, the third convener of the National Alliance for Black Business is the World Conference of Mayors, which is based in Tuskegee. And it's the black mayors globally. And uh, so we had a, a conference with them in January down in Orlando, Florida. And uh, lo and behold, they had all kind of people from Africa and South America, all around the world that are black mayors. That are, are, and so we're getting, we're, getting our, we're getting our show together, our program coming out with just new resources. We're not really trying to tell people what to do, but we are in fact saying, in particular the National Black Chamber of Commerce, we encourage exporting and importing and everything around it. So we want to we want to help you find market for your business in it. And it just like the, it's just like going online on the internet. We don't know any uh, fence posts. You know, it's like whatever you get on the other end of your uh, your connection on the internet, wherever they are. So I'm gonna leave it right there for now with that. Okay, okay, okay. okay. My brother, <laughs> my brother in Christ. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, really, Chuck. I just want to know. I was just want to tell you on the air, you know, because uh, I tell you all the all the time, you know, that uh. You've been you've been doing a a must be a hell of a job and like that. I guess I'm gonna try to put it okay. A big 
the, the black organizations together, you know, and not fighting against each other. There's nothing, we, are, we, are, we can't fight with nothing to fight about. Okay? Mm. There's nothing out there. Okay, we got out. We got it. We all in the same boat that we think about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yep. So, first of all, okay, now I have we got a couple minutes to go here. So, right now, uh, first of all, let me tell you, you know, I, I want to all of our guests today, we have on the phone. This is Giants. It was a series of the month when we have our Zoomers come on and chat. So today, uh, your show has been one of the best we've had in a long time. Then we got the young people you know, talking about what was going on here. Mr. Ron Wynn, who's the, the, the oldest guy being in Tennessee, who's a little older than you. And Ron, we want to thank you also for joining the, joining the family. You know, uh, you know, and, 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 and tell, uh, tell us what's going on, okay, that we're not aware of. You know, and especially, okay, what's the effect of these two black leaders that came out, uh, Cheyenne with his, you know, Zoomers, for like a minute of truth when he said so. Cheyenne, you call them these two Zoomers, that new leaders that said it's getting come out of black people. Cheyenne, you still there? Are you me on mute? Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I said, what are you going to talk about? We've been this two young black men out okay what we leaders in for the for the young generation now in the generation to come. Well, I have hope for um I think they're millennials, I guess, but I have okay. hope for these generations. <laughs> okay. Okay, and Ron, we just wanna thank you for joining us also. So Ron, uh you gotta call us that age okay, but you you count a little older than Chad. How old are you? <laughs> well, uh if I make it to April 26, Scott, one, I'll be 71. So, thank you. I'm one of those old folks who's still working. I, I still, I'm still on the beat. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we, we, we desperately need you in there. Matter of fact, Scott, yes, uh, sir. you one of the young people, young people in the crowd, you, Scott. Oh, I'm only 60. I'm still a pup. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you. 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 Thank you.